Coming to you live from Wappingers Falls headquarters in upstate New York, it is your three favorite podcasters. I'm Movie, and with me is Nerd and Reviews, and we're here to talk about a movie we're having a hard time remembering the name of. What was the name of it again? Do either of you guys remember the name of it? Anyway, buckle your seatbelts, and now let's bring it over to both Movie and Reviews. How are you guys doing tonight? Let's start with you, Reviews. What's going on, guys? Happy Wait, I to thought be I was here. Nerd. Yeah, sorry, I messed that up. Uh, reviews and Nerd. That's better. That yeah. sounds more like me. I- I'm-, I'm happy to be here on the third ever episode, installment, if you will chapter of I see what you, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah the third chapter we'll call it tonight of the talking tv podcast hosted by me i'm dom aka nerd the movie nerd the just movie nerd, nerd. Well, i prefer just nerd us, i yeah. might just do yeah i might just go by nerd from now on i think that suits me more and yes, we want to welcome to the uh to the table our, our guest yet again johnny manna it seems we can't do the show without him but when we do we, we really promise can. you the well, episode you guys don't let be... me leave like after last episode you guys didn't let me leave yeah here, like so. yeah he's I, just I, been I, locked I, in the I, studio I think johnny's missing like his crate that we're keeping him in on the side off to the side here you keep the letters oh, whoops, from did my... i mention did i say that out loud you guys keep the letters from my family just out of reach of the bars of my cell that exactly. I, I can barely oh, get God. to them and then, we're, and then we mimic your writing just well enough so that your family thinks that you're perfectly okay and your getaway in the bahamas yeah so i can't wait for this to come out you're right so, taking a break aside from Johnny's Caribbean cruise, what, what are we talking about today, guys? We're talking about It Chapter 2, the sequel to the book written by Stephen King. Well, technically the first movie directed by Andy Muschietti. This one is also directed by Andy Muschietti. And it's based off of that 1986 monstrosity that is like the pinnacle of King Coke years, as I like to call it. Like, King has even said it himself, the last entire half of this novel, he was, like, coked out of his mind writing it. Like, he was writing shit about a giant turtle and shit, and then, like, there, yeah, there's no joke. In the book, like, during that hallucination sequence, there's, like, a giant turtle in it. Hence it's, the shot it's, to the turtle. It's Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's chapter two, once again, directed by Andy Muschietti, because unlike the 1990 TV movie, they, the director and the studio actually had the sense this time to split this giant material into two separate movies, one about the kids and then one about them coming back as adults. We got the one with them as kids and now the Losers Club has returned to Derry, Maine in order to finish off the evil clown Pennywise, that stupid goddamn clown, once and for all. And here's my only question to you guys before we officially start, is that with this movie, now that part two is out... Is this finally going to end that goddamn fucking clown craze that's been going on no, on social media? No, nah, the infant prequel is coming out in, in 10 years. That's confirmed. Oh, God. Don't. Oh. Hmm. See, you said it. See, you joke, but you said it, and now I feel like Hollywood's going to make it a thing. Johnny, this is why we can't have nice things. Well, you know, speaking of not being able to have nice things, right. I mean, it seems like our characters in this movie know that better than anyone right. else. They, they can't even hold on to their childhood possessions. Seriously. They have to fucking To the point where they have to go a... out of their way and have to go through like multiple nightmare yeah. sequences of Pennywise just to get them. Kind of reminds you of another movie, huh? Characters all getting to get back together after a very tragic event. And they find out a few of their members have passed. And then they have to go on individual adventures in order to recoup some items that they could use to defeat the big bad at the end. Sound familiar, anyone? It sounds like a lot of things, but what are you yeah, referencing? Yeah, it does. I was referencing Endgame. Can, can I just... That's, Endgame, that, that's okay. neither here nor there. May I just start the conversation more in detail by just saying, like, I'm, I've am i always been a huge horror fan. I love horror movies, especially in theaters, and it had certain moments that kind of lived up to my horror expectation of this movie, but they easily could have shaved at least a, how, a half hour to 45 minutes yeah, out, of the, out of the second act of knew this movie. I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Like, and here's the thing about that, right, is that that's a thing where, like, I didn't even have to know anything about what... The, I mean, here's the thing. I knew in 
enough because I watched the Nostalgia Critic review of the 1990s series, so I know enough about what happens in the adult segment. I will say that based on the clips that I've seen, they obviously handled the certain sections that weren't done very well in that original miniseries much better this time around. That being said, before I even saw a single like bit of footage for this movie and I found out what the runtime was, I knew I'm like, yeah, people are going to complain that this is too long. Like, like it's like, yeah, three hours long and it's not a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie. People are going to fucking it felt like a lot of jump scare through like filler. That right. Kind of didn't right. need to exist that much. It kind of took away from the climactic scenes towards the end. Personally, I get that. I can absolutely see why that would be a thing. All right. So let's like unpack that with a little more detail. Like what were some of the moments that frustrated you? Because you are an avid horror movie watcher. I mean, I think your film knowledge in horror movies might come close to rivaling Dom's. You've seen a lot. You've exposed me to a lot of horror. I guarantee you it surpasses mine. So for someone for someone who is like really into horror movies, maybe that's like your specialty in this realm of commentary. I mean, we're all new to it, but you know what I'm saying. Like what exactly about it made you feel like, damn, I wasted about 45 minutes? Well... I mean, it was, it's definitely more of like, it's, it seems like it's kind of more of a subgenre of like, I would almost call it fantasy horror. Like, I don't know, personally, I really like horror, but I'm more of a fan of when there's a theme in the movie where it kind of feels like it could just happen to like anyone. And it kind of, you kind of feel like you're in the same position as the characters, like with a movie like The Strangers, for example, if either of you have seen that, it kind of fits that narrative. I'm not as much of a fan, I guess, of just the super flashy, like, kind of just energy horror that, like, this movie was, although some of the scenes kind of, the scenes kind of make up for it in some cases, but I don't know, that's just kind of what I was thinking, and then it was kind of, it kind of just felt like it was that over and over throughout the entire movie. Is it a matter of where you felt like the scares were just there, like, for the sake of scaring you, to the point where you felt like it was distracting from the story, and that's maybe why you felt like the length a little bit? Because usually what I found is that in these types of experiences is that something could be as long as humanly possible, but as long as the story's engaging enough, it usually takes, like, a ridiculous amount in order for people to, like, really notice a line. Like, I've talked about this at length with, again, Chris's favorite example. I'm gonna keep bringing it back to Marvel because, who man, that Disney money is paying my bills right now. Um, what's it called? Uh, both Infinity War and Endgame, obviously. Infinity War, famously, 249, um, and Endgame, three hours exactly. And I, those movies breeze by for me. Like, I have no problem. Like, I don't feel the length of those movies at all. Same thing with Wolf of Wall Street. Three hours long. I don't feel the length of that movie at all. Um, but again, there's obviously percolating reasons as to why that is. So I guess, in the end, like, what specific scenes, yeah, what specific scenes do you feel, if any, were distracting? Well, it's not that any particular scare scenes were bad. And as a matter of fact, I actually liked a lot of what they did uh, in terms of, like, kind of the more jump scare aspects that they did with the with the villains in the movie. But, and I also do think it's interesting how a lot of the scares have sort of a comedic effect to it. Like, it's almost kind of, like, quirky in, like, what they do. But it just felt like the entire movie was so saturated with the same kind of like rhythm of like the scares happening to each character over and over that it kind of just took me out of it in the sense that I was no longer worried when they were in that scene because I was kind of just thinking, okay, this exact thing just happened a minute right. ago. The, the, the effect had worn off. You're but like, that, okay, I get it. They're that's gonna... not an overall critique on the whole movie. Right, that's but just, just on the like those specific aspects. Because either way, I always love a good horror movie in theaters. Right. So. so one thing that I thought was, yeah, I think that I didn't enjoy the first It that much because I did feel that the child actors were a little flat. 
and maybe overacting to an extent. But again, that's a different conversation for an episode about young actors and sort of coming into your own and finding your craft. But I do think that another reason why I did not really enjoy the first it and was a little trepidatious going into this movie was because I watched it at home, you know, to prepare for this podcast and the movie we just saw. I watched it at home alone and I have some pretty good monitors. So this, the sound was there, and it, but it didn't feel like a movie experience. And so I think watching this movie in theaters, a lot of... I forgive a lot, I think, when you get the full effect, you know, the, the, the trailers, the, the other audience members, people reacting that you don't know and people saying, oh shit, and like freaking out in the theaters with you. It adds to the fun. But I do agree that some parts in this movie, I, I felt in that final climactic battle, and as you guys know by now, we don't care about spoilers. We're going to dive right in right away. Much. I felt that there, there might have been 15 minutes too long of just blue light fighting in the dark with the clown that looked like a spider-like thing. Yeah, that went on a little bit long for me, but, you know, I, I, it was unique as far as most action. I mean, this movie didn't feel as much of a horror as it did like a thriller or even an action movie. Like I told you guys when we left the theaters, I felt like the beginning of the third act was like Raiders of the Lost Ark if it was like they were all on shrooms or and like you just cocked it sideways a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. So, yeah, it was nuts. So, you know, like do you think that do you think that like horror fans will forgive this movie for the experience? I think that fans of this, no matter what, are not going to give a shit horror-wise, because Stephen King has kind of assembled his own fan base as kind of like outside of the realm of like traditional horror. Yeah, so I, I would like okay. regular fans. I'm going to be very horror. interested to see the overall response to this. And like, to see like, I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those like divisive movies, right, where you got the one the fans that love it and the fans that hate it, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I'll, I'll, because a lot of the critiques, and, and again, maybe this is, this is just what happened, because I found that this is a thing that happens with me is when I read a lot of critiques of like problems that people had with the movie before I actually watched the movie I find that they tend to I tend to have like less of a problem with that so my thing is that the length didn't bother me at all because I found every single minute of this movie to be engaging and like uh, a, f- a few of the characters yeah were a little bit flat and I wish they could have done more with them but honestly I didn't really care that much it didn't bother me as much as in the first one where like with the first one it was really noticeable that out of the seven kids they really only gave five of them something to actually do and then the other two of them are th- then just there but I feel like with this one with how they handle the characters just seeing them back together and seeing their chemistry just that rough fizzled energy like I love that those are like some of my favorite moments in movies where you just have a bunch of characters sitting in a room just bouncing off of each other and bullshitting those are like my favorite kinds of movies now what started this was my second question to to my original you know uh pitch do you think this movie needs forgiveness? Like, do we think this was a bad movie? No, I don't think this was a bad movie. I feel like this we is started not this, a bad movie. Yeah, I feel like we started this conversation off on a little bit of a negative connotation, which is fine. I think that makes for interesting fodder. But by no means do I think this was a bad movie. If, if anything, I think this was a far better outing the second time around from a director who's finding his groove from within this universe. You, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Can I just yeah, say one yeah, thing? Yeah, one, one thing going off of that is everything that I said in the beginning about how it kind of just felt like it was saturated with the same kind of just super crazy, just like jump scare scenes. I think that's all true. And that did kind of take away from how I felt about it a little bit. But one thing that I just like loved towards the end is that it kind of felt like they came right out and just said that that's like what the whole point of the movie was because throughout the entire movie, I kept thinking this feels kind of just like nightmare on Elm street throughout the whole thing, but just on an acid trip the entire time and then at the very maybe like the last 10 or 15 minutes i don't remember exactly but it was definitely closer to the end of the movie they show nightmare on elm street 5 like uh yeah they flash back to 89 and i was just just thinking like wow that's like so that basically fits the theme of this entire movie because 
later in the Nightmare on Elm Street series is when they just start getting freaking crazy. Like yeah, Muschietti is subtly, not so subtly, trying to pay homage to a lot of different horror movies. Some of them work. Like, I think the Psycho bit was great. Some of them not so much. Yeah. Like, the Shining, like, blood sequence. Like, come on, we get it. And, like, the whole Here's Johnny with the slamming on the bathroom door. And that the, was just like, that felt more like a joke. And up to Nightmare Elm Street. Yeah, it was a joke. And that's why, like, I, it didn't bother me, like, as much as if it was, like, a direct reference. Like, something like yeah. what happened in Ready Player One last year. But, now, yeah. Now, so, we, we, we brushed upon the ensemble cast. And you actually spoke about something that I agree with you on. My favorite moment was when they were in the hotel. In the, all, in the hotel. And, and just in the Chinese restaurant. Just them. any moment where it's all of them just sitting down, bouncing off each other, hanging as friends. That's what it was. Yeah, because I actually thought they worked together really well yeah. as an ensemble cast and i think it's very unfortunate that a good portion of the movie they were split up on yes. their own little solo quest because I-, I thought that these actors they're all veterans they've all been in shit before and i really felt like yeah. we kind of got cheated a little bit of because their fodder back and forth was awesome and so, so what did you guys think about that well, like I- the creative choice behind splitting them up to find the artifacts like do you do you did you guys also want more of them as a unit? I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the whole splitting them up, it's like, for for me, it's like, that's probably the part of the movie for me, Johnny, where it's like, okay, this is, if, and if, I had to pick any part of the movie, which I'm not saying I am, but if I had to pick any part of the movie where it's like, oh, this is the part where they just need to put in in order to take up time, it would be the middle part of the movie where they're all splitting up because I'm like, okay, this is just an excuse for them to revisit their old places have way more flashbacks and just get into a whole bunch of different crazy Pennywise scenarios where they're just like in like it's like oh what's the newest crazy nightmarish scenario that we can put them in this time and then that kind of gets continued in the third act and that's where I can understand where it gets a little bit repetitive but if not for the fact that it blended in so hard with the theme of this movie like really really well almost to a point where I think it was like a thing where Muschietti didn't even realize how well it was going to work like unintentionally um, I, 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 I have a feeling this would have bothered me a lot more, but I, I do agree with you. I think that splitting them up in the middle really does a disservice to the incredible chemistry that is established between the six of them and even the seven of them to an extent. And that's saying it considering the fact that one of the main seven adults is not even with the rest of the ensemble for the entire movie. Right. Steven, uh, Stan. Oh yeah, Stan. yeah, yeah. Stanley, Stanley, Stanley. Yeah. yeah. But he worked. Yeah. He worked. Yeah. I really thought he worked. And, and also fucking like, I, I, and like, besides the fact that they did an absolutely killer job with matching up the adult actors to the kid actors, even the ones who yeah. look nothing like them, like with, with the hair and the makeup and everything, but like, especially with Jack Dylan Grazer going into James Rand so on, but with the transition between Wyatt Olaf and Andy Bean for Stan, holy fuck, it's like they copied and plastered his face on him. And like, I know that with the adults, there was like, outside uh-huh. of like some base makeup, they didn't do like the whole de-aging thing like they had to do with the kids, but holy fuck. Fuck, like, that was nuts. You went there, and I'm so glad you went there, because that's exactly where I was going to go. I think that it's it's going to be impossible in some situations to find people who look exactly like a 13, 14-year-old child. But what I think they did a great job in casting was, and I want to believe this was a conscious decision, because I really enjoyed this movie, so I'm rooting for it at every turn. They matched the personalities of these kids. Yeah. To their adult version, like, but like exceptionally well. Like, there's been like exceptionally well because, and and it's funny that you mentioned that too because, like, I was just watching an interview with the guy who played Eddie, uh, James Ransone. I actually have a, again, I've been following that guy for a few years. I love that actor. Um, one of the most underrated parts about The Wire, um. Ziggy Sabatka in season two. Shout out to anybody who actually remembers that. Um, and he was even saying that like Shout he out. studied 
um, Jack Dylan Grazer's performance in that first movie, like, intensely. Like, very, very intensely. And, like, he really fucking nailed it. But it's not just Did him. Did he play like, Billy? No, um, Eddie. And, okay, but okay, it's not okay. just him. Like, everybody. Like, McAvoy. Like, uh, the one thing I will say is that McAvoy with the stutter for Bill, that got a little bit annoying. But I think it, it, he made it work just enough. Um, well, I think he had the same cadence as the child actor. Yes, yeah, no, absolutely, and, and that's what I'm saying is that because he carried that cadence across so well, that's what saved it for me. Because I have a feeling that, like, if that was just like I'm seeing that character for the first time, that type of a performance with that type of a cadence probably would have pissed me off, like, and annoyed the shit out of me. But because right. as an adult, it's, yes, but we're basing it off again, exactly, yeah, because I, you got to I see agree. the up part, and I think Jaden did and, a great job in that first one. So. And you know, before we go over to Johnny, because I do want to know what he thinks about this. I personally had a lot of problems with the child cast of the first movie. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm not the biggest fan of Finn Wolfhart. I think he got extremely lucky in Stranger Things Season 1, but I think as he develops and grows, his ego grows, and so I think his performances, they feel a little bit overacted to me. I've seen other child actors like Millie Bobby Brown, who it seems still effortless in Season 3 of the show. So for me, I think the adult cast coming in and really embodying the spirit of the children we got two years ago saved that movie, and now it's on a higher pedestal for me. And I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's okay but that's how I feel right now. So Yeah, I definitely really liked everything with the casting that you guys basically just went over, and I basically agree with all of that. I was kind of just thinking, like, I feel like as a movie, you can't even, like, it doesn't even really seem like this is just a horror movie. Like, I feel like you wouldn't really say, like, you wouldn't recommend It to It Chapter 2 to someone and say, like, oh, yeah, it's so scary. Like, it's not just a horror movie, which I feel like it's kind of obvious, like, with Bill Hader being in it. Like Yeah, it, like, like, put, like, put it right. this way, um... Like, I'm not putting It Chapter 2 in, like, the same class as, like, Friday the 13th or The Strangers or Halloween, you know? It's kind of in a class of its own. And and I'm wondering if a large part of that has to do with just King in general and, like, the fan base and just, like, the type of, for lack of a better word, following and kind of subgenre that he's developed. (laughs) And, and, no, but, like, you you laugh, but, like, it's kind of like King really had developed. I laugh because I agree. because, Because the thing is, is that his horror... It feels so similar and gen- similar to other generic horror, but at the same time, there's always that one little thing that makes it so different. Yes, you know? it's like still we- so iconic and uniquely his own. I yes. couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Now, Johnny, yes. I want to ask you about this because I feel like maybe Dom and I come at this from a slightly different perspective, being people who have uh, formally studied film through like education and stuff, and had to write synopses on it for grades and and you know assignments. Bill Hader, I can separate him from every role he does. Granted, I have a little bit of harder time with that with child actors. That might be some of my problem with Finn Wolfhard. I'm willing to admit that. But for you, someone who is sort of just like giving this your best shot and doing a great job at it, by the way, the analysis that is, how do you feel about seeing someone who's particularly usually in a comedic role in this sort of more serious scenario? Because you, you did touch upon that. So. Well, I actually really like Bill Hader. So I was kind of like excited to see how he would do in this movie. And I thought he did a pretty good job. I like how he did playing Finn Wolf's, Wolfhard's character growing up. I thought that, that was really interesting. Yeah, Bill Hader fucking crushed it. Like, I've heard people call him the heart of this movie. And by heart of this movie, the living fucking breathing soul of this movie. You're right. Like, because you, you, you mentioned that before in terms of like Bill Hader is one of those guys that kind of sprung up in like that batch of like 
late 2000s actors where it's like, no, they're, they're, it's just that actor in every single performance they're in, right? And it's nothing against them. They're all very talented people. But it's like every time you watch Jonah Hill, every time you watch Danny McBride, every time you watch Seth Rogen, to the point where Seth Rogen has even made that a stigma of like, yeah, I'm just Seth Rogen in every one of his movies. Like, he plays himself. Frank, Franco kind of broke a little bit out of that mold, but he kind of still falls the same time. But you see what I'm talking. Every time you see these guys in something, you know it's them. And Bill Hader, what I like about Bill Hader is that Bill Hader, is, I feel like starting with Barry last year, continuing with into Barry season two this year, and now I feel like with every performance we've seen from him in between is that Bill Hader kind of like re I feel like realizes that and is kind of playing around with that and incorporating that into his performances and as a result is making his characters better because um Bill Bill Hader I feel like is a character actor first and foremost and like he's got a lot of insecurity too because like I've heard stories about him for years about, like, all the stuff that he did on SNL. Like, he literally thought he was going to get fired every single time he went on stage for SNL. Like, he had that amount of insecurity. And I feel like the fact that he's finally got this confidence in his ability that we as audience members have always known that he's had, and now that he's kind of, like, portraying himself and really putting a piece of that into every single one of his performances, like, it's still, like, you could call this, like, another goofy Bill Hader performance, but it, there's so much more to that just combined with the with what we know about the history of this character and combined with Wolfhard's performance regardless of what of personal taste or not and with King and what he puts into this character you know and combined with Hater's overall take on it like it, it just it works yeah I, I couldn't agree more Johnny uh one thing that I just kind of thought was interesting that was just on my mind is like how we were talking about how it doesn't really feel like us uh like just a straight up horror movie like when you hear the name it like do you like the thing with me is i associated that with horror so i feel like the fact that it wasn't just it that it wasn't just coming across as that kind of like threw me off from the movie a little bit because like when you think of the shining and his other movie uh misery like he, for example like those are basically just like straight up horror so i kind of thought it was like weird the direction that horror is going in now with his movies and i don't know like what do you guys think about that in terms of staying along the theme of like actually him being like someone who writes horror movies are you asking me is stephen king changing the genre in a sense is is his effect on horror sort of taking it in a different turn yeah that, yeah like that's a, less traditional is that what you're saying yeah that's kind of what i was thinking like with the more comic relief and the more kind of like funny like scares yeah so i'm personally okay with it i'm actually really on board with it because to me I sort of did a crash course in horror through Johnny last year. You know, he, he brought me up through some of the classics. We spent a lot of the Halloween season being very festive and sort of watching movies and having big group hangouts. And what I noticed was it starts to get very predictable. And I get where people laugh about the whole don't split up, don't do this. But when they split up in this movie, they came back together. It was their own little side quest and they accomplished that. And then so I like how it sort of defies the traditional trajectory of a horror film. And I also really enjoy the whole fantasy horror aspect take on it. And you, you, you coined that phrase in this conversation so far tonight. So I'd actually love for you to define that. And then I want to hear what you guys think about fantasy horror and see if you agree with me or not. So what do you well, think fantasy horror is, Johnny? Well, I also kind of would lump it into the same category as like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies too, where you're not kind of like actually thinking like, oh, this could actually happen to someone in real life. It's kind of just like super just out there and super just like just straight up super fictional like in that sense and kind of just along like kind of what i was saying before on how it felt sort of like a nightmare on elm street movie like on an acid trip like towards the end because it was just all of them going through their like various trips uh with their fears with pennywise and it kind of just always getting like crazier and crazier and 
that's kind of what I think of it as just like less of you putting yourself in their shoes and more of you just like kind of just watching and thinking like what is even going on right now like this is crazy so does Nightmare on Elm Street feel traditional to you it's definitely a traditional horror movie but it kind of feels along the same vein as this movie minus more of the comic relief I would say okay were we talking just the first one or like all like the entire series in general because the I'm pretty sure, like I said, I've never seen a single movie. Just the first one, I I would, I suppose. Yeah, because the first one's only like really straight horror, and then like they get progressively goofier as time goes on. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking with this movie. Yeah. So, so I like the fantasy horror twist. To get back to the original question presented, I I think it's this movie had charm. What was that you exactly said about it at the end? You you said that it had the right amount of what and what? Oh, goofiness, goofiness and charm, right? I I didn't say charm. I just said goofiness. It was it was goofy and fun is what I said it was. Goofy and fun. And I think that to me equates to charm most times when I'm watching movies. And I, I, I felt charmed by the cast and what they went through I felt for them. So Dom, do you like the fantasy horror twist and this sort of kilter that Stephen King is offering to the horror genre nowadays? Well, I'm not gonna lie. I am not. Besides the fact that it's n- never really been my uh, genre that I particularly enjoyed before two years ago. It's also a genre that I'm very, very uneducated with. Like, you know, like, you guys know me. You know I'm a movie guy till the day I die, but freaking, like, this is a genre where I could name you, like, a few franchises and maybe a few horror icons, but, like, this is a this is a, just a genre that, like, I've never been into, and I'm not gonna lie, part of that is because of my upbringing, because I was never allowed to watch horror movies as a kid, because it wasn't a genre that my parents particularly liked, so my, my introduction to horror comes relatively two years ago in 2017 when I watched Split and Get Out early on in the year and realized, oh, wait, this is a genre where not every movie sucks, this is a genre that can actually, like, have interesting stories and interesting you know about actual people and not just about scares and effects and the one thing that i will say uh, particularly with this installment as opposed to the last one and why i think i like this one a little bit more is because the last one one of my biggest problems that i said with it is that i said everyone's calling this like a horror revolutionary this just has all the same bullshit jump scares that are in every other movie the only thing that makes it like a little bit funny is the fact that the monster in this one in this case pennywise sucks so badly at catching these kids to the point where they literally win just by beating the shit out of him because that's how terrible he is because he's too busy being a goof and not fucking, you know, killing these kids when he needs to. And that's ultimately my problem with horror is I'm ult- because I wasn't a guy that grew up on the genre. I'm ultimately always that asshole that is either screaming at the killer, oh my God, just fucking kill them already, yeah. or screaming at the kids, like, kick this guy in the balls and run away or something stupid like that. Like, I can just never get invested in, like, the horror and the thrills. Like, I watched a... <laughs> Friday the 13th part 4 bullshit a few months ago and I thought it was the stupidest thing ever because it's literally no plot it's just literally an excuse to get a bunch of dumb teens together so that Jason can come out and kill them and for that's me that's because the stereotype was already established right no movie. right and, but you said that but that that's my point is that for me the stereotype has never done it for me so for me it's oh, like I said when I saw Gl- Split and Get Out in early 2017 I was shocked because I'm like holy fuck a horror movie can not only like not rely on those stupid tropes but it can also like actually be really interesting funny have good characters just be really interesting and not rely on those jump scares but what i'll give this one credit for is that with this one besides the characters which we already talked about which the character work in this is what holds this goddamn movie together because holy fucking shit they really knocked it out of the park like i said it before one of my favorite things with the casting is the fact that it's huge names mixed with relative unknowns you know you get the superstars that are Chastain McAvoy and Hayter combined with lesser known character actors like Isaiah Mustafa or as we know him the old spice guy um James Ransone Jay Ryan and Andy Bean 
and it's a perfect mix. Like, it, like, like Muschietti is a guy that knows how to work with people and get the best performances out of them. And that's actually why I think that I actually more and more, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I actually like the kids from the first one, which I famously said that I just thought that was rather indifferent to it the first time I saw it. But and getting back to really what set this one apart for me is that this one, it just felt like I just like this was probably the first horror movie that ever I've ever watched. And while I wasn't necessarily critiquing it too hard on the story, I was just having an absolute goddamn blast with it because I could tell that with this time around Muschietti, even though like the sequences probably went on a too went on too long. And even though the yeah, there were probably a few minutes that could have been cut and like, oh my God, every single other sequence didn't need to be. Oh, another trippy, scary sequence or another flashback because literally that's what it felt like at points where it felt like there was like an entire B plot and C plot that were going on just with these different scenes that he was shooting. But it just felt like he was having so much fun with the underlying themes that I feel like it all kind of blended together in this weirdo mismatch package. And like I said on a previous episode of ours, I am starting to appreciate movies much more and more for the little things that don't necessarily make it flow as cohesively as a narrative. Right, and I think that that sort of is why people gravitate towards certain directors over others you know you get used to their taste you have to like the way tarantino tells a story if you don't like the way tarantino tells a story you're not going to get out of it what you know someone who is a fan of his will get out of it someone who is okay with that sort of like split narrative figure it out on your own kind of you know and and, and so i think that that is the charm of this movie and that makes me want to ask something that I was I was waiting to find the perfect moment to. And Dom, this is why you're the best host in the business. Thank you for setting this up. I try. We've talked a lot about the characters. We've talked a lot about the, the, the trope factors of horror. And we've talked about horror as a whole. Now, we said, you just said that you feel the characters really saved the film. Do you think the narrative was compelling enough in this movie? Or do you think it had everything else going for it just enough? Being the visual effects, which I thought were stunning. The cast... And, and just sort of like the shot design and, and I think the mise-en-scene, you know, the, the, the decor and the, the vibe, the aesthetic. Do you think that that carried this film or do you think there was a compelling narrative in there? I, uh, what's it called? I can, it's a little bit of everything, yes. Because I think that, again, in terms of like what makes, what defines a compelling narrative, no, this obviously doesn't have everything that's going to make like a very compelling narrative. But at the same time, I also think that because... It is primarily character-driven, as opposed to the first one, which I would like to call more so plot-driven. Like that, Those are two terms that I've found have been a big thing with a lot of movies recently, where a lot of movies now, they seem to either be plot-driven or character-driven, where one always seems to take a backseat to the other, and you don't really get a lot of movies now that seem to hit the perfect blend between yeah. having a really good plot and story and having really memorable characters. Now it feels like every single movie, it has to be either, no, it's all plot, and everything's just going into the point where a lot of juicy character moments kind of get left out or it's all juicy character moments to the point where it kind of like the, the plot kind of sags and wavers and it isn't necessarily like as forward momentum moving as it is and I feel like this is one of those scenarios but I think that the character work is just good enough that even though again like you said the entire second half second act of this movie is just them splitting up and going on their individual side quests I think with how it's interweaved with the flashbacks and how it kind of tells and fills out a lot of their individual arcs and stories that were set up in chapter one it really does a good job of, of uh, it really does a good job of justifying that character over plot motif that this film takes. 
Yeah, yeah, I was definitely a huge uh, fan of just the overall narrative of the film, too. One thing I'm th- that I'm always super reserved about that always makes me super critical of modern horror movies is I don't really like when they're just full of jump scares. I like when the plot is able to be just like inherently creepy, too, in itself, which is one thing that I did like about this movie, too, is the fact that it wasn't just all jump scares, even though there were a lot of them. I also like or also just to go back to something you said earlier about the tropes of like early horror. The only problem I have with that is the idea of like superimposing like horror tastes now onto times like in the early 80s, for example, because at the time those like early Friday the 13th slasher uh, tropes were all just like were all as shocking to people as like this movie probably was, if not 10 times more so, because there's a reason why they made like I think 10, at least 10 Friday the 13th movies because they actually did Jason X. Yeah, yeah. So what you're talking about is the progression of horror. Yeah, also, yeah. I also do like how, when you think about it, this movie's kind of a slasher film. Like, it basically... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't don't see that. Explain explain that. It's not quite just the masked person, like, running around a camp, like, stabbing people, but it basically... It basically is just a group of people who do the uh, kind of stereotypical like splitting up thing and then like meeting up again and like they're all kind of just getting like haunted and terrorized by this like kind of outside like outlander like villain who is Pennywise who basically just like attempts to just take them out one by one. The only kind of difference is he doesn't really actually take them out. He, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> he that, never does. Yeah, that, he doesn't. Never, yeah. He just fucks around with them more. The one that had to kill making, himself. It was one that I was yeah. making of him that, for that's every one thing, single time to the point where he's so no, bad. That, that's one thing I didn't like uh, is the fact that like when I was comparing it to Nightmare on Elm Street, I was thinking, but wait, the only difference is in Nightmare on Elm Street, the second Freddy the, actually no, fucking no, kills no, people. No, 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 the se- yes, but the second you realize the second like Johnny Depp in the first one, for example, the second they open their eyes and you realize that they're dreaming, you know, like oh my god, they're like probably gonna die. Freddy Krueger is gonna freaking come out of their sheets and kill them. But then in this movie, it's kind of just like the same kind of like acid trip dream over and over of them just then not dying and it kind of just that's kind of like what took it out of what took me away from it towards the end of the movie yeah so that johnny you you obviously are well way more versed in this realm of film than than dom and i and that's why i'm glad you're here now i gotta ask you a question you know someone who's seen a lot of horror films do you think that sort of the fantasy element that was introduced in this movie is is sort of because maybe he's the people are realizing like oh someone's gonna jump out here and it's gonna scare me like do you do you think that that is sort of a way to try and save the genre or reinvent the genre or, or why do you think we're getting like these weird mix match like wh- why are people not okay with like th- the traditional horror movie format anymore because obviously the first it movie made a lot of money i'm sure this one is on track to do the same so why are we accepting this when horror for so long has been so much of the same thing the internet i think people's attention spans have just gotten shorter to the point where they like they like like there's something that people find that people like about the adrenaline when like you just get like the pumping bass and just like the thing flashes before your face and it kind of becomes more of you like having a reaction like a physical reaction to the screen rather than you actually rather than actual fear it's more of just like you're getting like kind of startled the same way as you would with like any just sudden loud noise and like i kind of just think like less attention span like lower attention span has caused that at least a little bit with the horror genre do you think this movie suffered from that or do you think this movie is an outlier someone who's 
well versed in traditional horror films. I think that it's something just like that. It's kind of just like its own type of horror movie, like kind of what I was saying before, like okay. w- with the amount of kind of just like with a comedic effect to like a lot of uh, to a lot of the even like scarier scenes, like with just the way like for example Pennywise like shaking his head back and forth like super fast as he like runs at you, which happens like a million times in the movie, and it kind of almost has just like a comedic effect to it, to where with like kind of older, more iconic like horror villains, you're kind of not tempted to like think it's comical like when the villain is like chasing a person for example so that's one thing that i kind of just found interesting about pennywise in this movie yeah nothing in the first halloween had me laughing when he was uh you know mm-hmm. yeah, chasing his victim but pennywise never felt scary to me in this movie he, he kind of felt annoying at sometimes yeah. <laughs> and i was more so He's compelled yeah, I mean, you said that he's actually a, fucking a few goof. times. That's what he is because so, that's what he is because he spends all his goddamn time because that's the whole thing with his goddamn species because the whole thing is that Pennywise is I don't know how into Stephen King's lore you are, but I, I've done a little bit of research and Pennywise is a member of the same species of the creatures from the mist. The whole the, the whole the creatures that came that. out of that portal from the mist. Yeah, Pen- yeah series, Pennywise from that. But the whole it. thing is that he got kicked of why he landed on Earth because he got kicked out of that universe because he fucking sucks. All he wants to, he does. It's true. It's true. I've never heard because that. Theory. He I've seen the myth. Is this fan theory or is this fan? No, this is like confirmed. This I've is like seen absolutely myth. confirmed. Okay, like, confirmed. All he wants to do is fucking goof off and sk- and He's like slacker and create more of the no because he spends all literally but no but that, that you say that so but they that's kicked the thing. him out of the mist universe he spends all yeah pretty much he spends all his time but there was only one universe fucking in the around that's, and making these crazy illusions instead of just fucking eating people and he wonders why all of his goddamn victims escape and beat him up because it's like mm-hmm. he's literally next to the kid in the locker and I'm like dude I literally just saw you not even two seconds ago chop down on a little kid and like said blood gushing everywhere do that to this fat fuck and he doesn't. And it's like, to that point, I I just have to say, I'm like, that defeats the logic of the character. And I just have to assume that it's plot armor. His only real successful, I like that, plot armor. His only real successful That's been a thing on the internet for years now, dude. um, were Georgie. Little, stupid little kid. And, yeah, and stupid the girl, fucking little kids. The girl in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, and he's like a like, toddler Freddy Krueger. He doesn't yeah, actually want to do what he's which, doing. Which, like, I guess that makes sense then. So, it, the fact that he tried going after, like, preteens, like, 14 and 15-year-olds, then he wonders why he gets the shit kicked out of them because right. the only people that he's actually successful at killing are fucking dumb little kids and then dumb teenagers that end up chasing the preteens into the sewers and then get eaten. So hear me out. Hear me out. We're, we're, we're sort of a little bit over the halfway mark, but we still have time. So I do want to pose this question right now. With all of this in mind, we have a horror movie that we all seem to enjoy. It's got a fan- fantasy-esque twist. But if you think about what horror movies are, our villain, we've all just said, isn't scary and has only killed people under the age of four. Is this a good and movie? And over the age of 15. And over Okay, yeah, he's got a couple confirmed kills a that are couple. higher. But like he really has terrible aim he really if you want to does put it in those he terms. really fucking does so like he had beverly in that apartment like dead to rights and let her fucking escape so did we enjoy this movie or is it just a fun did we enjoy this movie or and, and is it just a fun movie that we, we liked but is it is it a good movie at the same time i mean i feel like that you know what i'm it, trying to say I, yeah i get what you're trying to say but i feel like that shouldn't matter right because the whole point is right of whether it's fun making it a good movie or not right there are fun movies that are also good movies but there are also just movies that like you can like just have fun with you know but even if they're not like necessarily great you okay. know? I, I, know I thought it was fun but i didn't love it as a horror movie it was a fun movie reasons. with problems 
It was a fun movie with imperfections. I thought it was fun. I thought it would have been more fun if it was maybe around the two hour mark and not two hours and 45. But just as a horror movie, I didn't love it in that aspect, just like for these same reasons on why like we weren't actually that scared of the uh, of the villain. Aside from I think the scene, yeah. under, the scene under the bleachers, I thought that was like kind of cool. Like that was cool. So, some that of the scenes. The that was cool. That set the tone. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that yeah. was answered. I don't think that that tone being set it wasn't it didn't feel answered to me yeah it never really came right, back but, to but, that it, but if it makes you feel any better the book the miniseries and the first movie are all kind of the same tone so okay. it's not like a departure from said tone it's a continuation per se it might just be this is the first time where you realize it because it's the first time you've seen it Wait, on the big what do you screen. mean that they're the same tone like that same kind of darker i got like if anything, if anything like i said that were the only differences in tone to me between this and the first movie was that it, it, everything here was bigger you know, and like more enhanced and like anything that I found like remotely scary from the first one, I found scarier here. And everything that I found remotely goofy from the first one, I thought was turned up to 11. Here. I guess I'm just not a huge fan of that tone for horror movies. Then. Okay. And that's perfectly fine. Like not to say I didn't enjoy it because I right. still can. I, I will it. definitely. I think, it's a very, I right there with it's you. A, yeah, I know, but I'll admit it first and foremost, it's a very inconsistent tone and it's difficult as hell to nail down there's already been few enough movies that have been able to nail it down you know yeah I to think the point it, to the point where it's like they're to the point where they just get to the level of like just being straight up comedies you know like nobody in a million years would consider zombie land to be anything remotely resembling a horror movie even though it's a full-on zombie movie fair enough but i think the marketing and the arg around that film right you knew what you were getting into going into it it, the trailer we got for much. it too was literally where Beverly goes and meets that old woman, and that trailer terrified me more than this yeah. entire film in a whole. Yeah. So I, I think that I think that's I another. Know. I feel problem. like there were specific. I, I don't know. I feel like there were specific moments with that scene that very much conveyed the tone of this movie. But I will also say that that scene in particular, it does come down to subjective taste because there are a number of different ways you could show that scene. It could translate across completely different tones. I guess yeah. I'm just waiting for a more just iconic, just like pure horror movie then. Well, I mean, if you're looking for Fair something enough. iconic, like just look at fan response. Like, I, I hate to say this, but iconic, this is not determined solely by quality. If it was determined solely by quality, there would be a million other movies that have not gotten the recognition that they deserve that would be like in the public, that like to the level of like public hiatus. Like, I did I, like the old lady scene though. That yeah. was like one of the other scenes yeah, where it kind I, of got back to that horror tone, especially when you're she's in the background. She kind of does that like weird like movement, like weird yeah. like dance thing. And, and you're just like, okay. She's, yeah. she's messed up because, well, again it's the thing that I will give Pennywise credit for is the reason why I think we don't straight up hate him and just get annoyed by him every time on screen is because he is a character It's he's not just another mm. generic horror movie because he's a clown there to kill me. he is a clown he has personality he has fun with what he does and the fact that he does kind of suck and the fact that he is taunting them every second like that that gives him character it's the whole reason why I differentiate Freddy from the rest of them is because he's not just a guy standing there not saying anything yeah but Freddy actually kills on. people Freddy, yeah I know that yeah. too but, for the, my, but you get my point that he has an actual personality like, yeah he has fun I, he jokes around when he kills people. Robert England can only play Freddy and that's it. Yeah. But okay. I oh, yeah. guess there's, there's like no question there. I guess just by going through this conversation, I I realize I was hoping for a little more horror and a little less quirky, but I think this movie coming out where it did it. slated as the first big horror movie of 2019, the, the Halloween season. I thought that was us. Oh wait, never mind. I'm oh, talking about, I'm talking about like okay. this Halloween season. Okay. I think this is the perfect introduction to the fall movie cycle, and I hope the horror amps up a little bit more going forward because the scariest mm. moments in this movie, I feel, really were never truly answered by the plot. And so we had some cool, scary movies like that trailer sequence and the little girl under the um, under the bleachers. Under the bleachers, but it 
to me, it felt like filler. If you look at where yeah, the narrative really have went. to happen, oh, it's absolutely filler. Yeah. But I found it to be very enjoyable. Filler. Yeah, like I wasn't bored. Put it this way, I I wasn't bored by a single moment in this movie. And something that I usually consider as filler is I usually something that I just consider. But, but but it's funny because at least again, and this is something that's very very subjective to me, and something that I consider to be different than something that a lot of other people do is that I only consider it to be filler when I feel like oh this is just here to take up time, and I can feel it, and it's boring me as a result. I was not bored by a single moment of this movie. So, I guess in that sense, you could say that, like, it technically wasn't filler, because if Andy... If Muschietti's direction and aim was to have every single moment in this movie, like, thrill you in some capacity, then, yeah, mission accomplished, you know? Okay, yeah, I think filler was the wrong word. I think... It served the purpose. It painted a picture, but it did nothing for the narrative and the story. I, I definitely think there they was some fi- some filler in the movie. Maybe not that specific scene. But. Yeah, like so. I think that this this was a fun movie, and I really liked it. But for someone who's really getting into horror in the past year, has sort of become pretty enthralled with the genre. It left me wanting more, and I think that that first act, especially like those that couple getting beat up in the beginning, who were they? And that was just like filler to like get yeah. Pennywise back in. That was just like the, they, they were yeah. just nothing characters. At first, like, I was trying to think going. because I just hadn't seen the first one in so long. I was thinking right. like, do I know them? Are they some of the kids yeah. or something? So that's that was just. Although one I will say me. that is the second random Xavier Dolan movie that I've seen in a big. Um, in a in a big, but well, not a big budget movie, but like just like a relatively well seen movie, and I just can't help but wondering if like he wants to get his death and life of John F. Donovan movie on a mainstream market so badly that he's just whoring himself out to all these different like big budget studios. That's dropping a whole bunch of movie terminology that none of you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's fine. Xavier Dolan is the guy who played Adrian. He's the guy who Pennywise like beat in like he like literally Pennywise like he rescued him from the lake and then he like eats his heart out right in front of his boyfriend. Yeah, but also, what was up with this movie and it's like really weird stance on homophobia? Like this movie was very homophobic and that's probably the one moment that I'll say that like didn't re- there wasn't really an explanation for. You know, it was just kind of there. Yeah, I guess like that was also sort of my problem with the first one was like just the over characterization of teenagers in the 80s and people's like reaction to things just being so amplified like like why in every little child group of actors why is there the one guy who curses a lot and then there's the one there's the two kids who are fighting for the one girl in the group like why is there always one girl in the group i mean you yeah. just have is to that blame... is that always got to be the I dynamic mean, you, 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 you just not... have to blame the goonies for that and the coked up hollywood yeah. executives that just said let's make so... that the dynamic for every kids movie now and that's why you got it with the monster squad and you got it with just like stand by me and every fucking kids mo- movie about a group of kids it's wait always was there the a girl in stand by me i don't remember that's four guys no no there was not stand by me but i'm saying like you know the types it's always it's it's the leader the shit talker the hypochondriac yeah. The fat kid, the knowledgeable one. Um, again, if there is a tomboy, there'll yeah. be a tomboy, and occasionally you'll get the token of... nationality. You know, that's yeah. just there. I guess I'm just sick of that. You know, give me something I get that. different. I get and, that, and I, I recognize that I'm a bit of become a bit of a hip. Because the other thing too, and... but it, it's not even that. Just you. It, that, it's that's becoming a dated trope. Because that's it's, not, it's not, it, that would, it would have been one thing if that was the dynamic that continued throughout the 90s and the 2000s, but that kind of like stayed in the 80s and then it got brought back. With like by, Super 8 and now Stranger right, Things. With, with and, super, so yeah, I would say more so, so with Super 8 because again, the thing that Stranger Things did so well is I would say actually did a really good job of giving those kids distinct personalities and not just making them types. Like yeah, I've never in a million, Stranger Things like, episode. Like, 
yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I had to plug it. Well, right yeah, the end, shameless right plug the end. right there. But but like to, to to back that up, like you would never in a million years think of calling Lucas from Stranger Things a token black kid. You know, his sister. That's a different story. But Lucas, I would never in a million years call a token black kid. You know. No, yeah, for sure not. I just think that there's some things that I think we can do without. And I want the audience to wake up out there and challenge your filmmakers to give you something a little di- little different. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. We're at the end. You know, this is going to be our approach, right? We're not just going to give you what you want to hear. We're not going to give you, oh, I love this movie. They looked so good on screen. Like, we're going to challenge the process and sort of like... I sort of changed my opinion throughout the course of this conversation on the film. It's not as perfect as I thought it was. And and that, to me, is the mission statement of the show. And I couldn't be any more happy with the conversation, guys. And as you know, as per tradition on this show, let's all go around in a circle, starting with our guest, Johnny. Let's rate this movie out of 10 and give us, like, your final thoughts on the film. Out of 10? Okay. I am probably going to say five and a half in terms of specifically just me going into it wanting more of a horror movie but at the same time the reason why i guess that might not be universal for everyone is just the fact that i like i haven't it is one of the series that i haven't like been super well-rounded in as far as like the originals and even the last movie i didn't really remember that well so that's kind of just like my take on like just the standalone movie so that's something that could potentially change if i uh, once i researched more of like the earlier renditions of the story a little bit but yeah i guess that's what i'm gonna say for right now no respectable fair enough uh, going over to me, I think that It Chapter 2, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first one. I think that where the first one was a glorified Goonies slash Stranger Things ripoff with a slightly more interesting antagonist than most of these horror movies, I think that this one was an absolute balls-to-the-wall, really fun, really well-done character journey about reconciling with youth and understanding that while you do have to move on from certain things as you do get older, you will always have your happy memories of when you were a kid, combined with some psycho crazy nutso sequences um and i think this movie is an absolute delight it's not perfect but it's a lot of fun and that's what i can say first and foremost is that this is the first i would say even like since endgame and since a few of like the earlier summer movies that this was the one of the few movies that i actually had fun just an absolute blast watching in the theaters mm-hmm. and so that's why i give this I, i'm not no joke the last one i would say was a seven and a half out of ten and that's being generous this one i'd, I'd give an eight out of ten Fair enough. See, going into this, I was when we first walked out of the theaters, I was thinking like, wow, this was a 9.5. You know, I just felt that's important to say as I give my score coming up. And so I think I need to get off my high horse a bit watching films. That's what I'm getting from talking to you guys. I, I just I want my filmmakers to give me more and so you're asking a little bit much just in today's day and age look for streaming if you want quality you should know that by this point i know i know it's the internet age and and people try to fan service because tweets and and retweets are a new currency and likes are a new currency but i'm looking for the guy to come along and and really just terrify me in a way that i haven't felt before and so with that being said i i I sort of agree with everything Dom said, although I'm not going to give it as high of a score. I'm going to let this one rock at a 7.77. I think it gets straight sevens across the board. Seven times three is 27. And so with that being said, that was wrong, but we're going to cut that out. No, we're not going to cut it out. It's very late. We we went to a a late showing of this film. No, we didn't. But I'm just trying to cover my tracks. Not all. It's a three-hour long movie, dude. Yeah, so I'm giving it a 7.77 because it wasn't perfect, but it was fun. And I think three sevens equals fun in my mind. And and so the last thing I want to say is... 
<laughs> the last thing I want to say is um, fun. Now, Johnny, back to your cage. Oh no, wow! Am, okay, I left my cage. First that, of all, oh you know, shit! So I want to thank you guys yet again for joining us. Um, we're having fun doing this, right, Hell guys? Yeah, absolutely. If Can't, you're listening I keep to doing, this, like, as many more of these as we can. I'll do one every night if I can. Can I got? Can I finally get some food after this? Can you guys feed me after this episode? Maybe we got some bread left over okay. from Panera earlier. Yeah. So if if you guys are listening to this, you know where to find it. And thank you for joining us. We are. Uh, I'll be a little candid. We're still figuring out how to do this kind of show. So we thank you guys for joining us, and we just appreciate you being here on this journey. Keep up with us on socials. We're gonna try to pump these episodes out as often as we can. But we'll only do them if we feel the content is good enough. So just know you're getting quality when you listen to talking TV. Dom, sign us off. Watch motherfucking movies. Watch movies. Stop watching YouTube. Watch fucking movies. Support art. And thank you guys for supporting us. Play some clarinet. Watch movies. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>